everyone. Thanks so much for joining me for this week's episode of When I Grow Up. On today's episode, it is my pleasure to welcome my guest, Eugene Kim Park. Hey, Eugene, how are you? Hi, I am so good and so honored to be here. Um, hello. Welcome. Hello. Well, it is my honor to have you on. Um, Edward Sun, a previous guest, um, speaks so highly of you. He was like, you're going to love her energy. And I already do. Like, you're amazing. Uh, I love Edward. Who doesn't love Edward? Actually, no. No, I'm just kidding, Edward. But, <laughs> um, but um, thank you. Thank you for coming on. Um, so the connection is that you work with Edward, right? Correct. I just came on board just last week. I am so my brain is not working, but I think I started last week. Yeah. Last week? Officially. Last week. Oh. <laughs> congratulations. I, <thank> <laughs> I've known these um the the company for a very long time. Okay. And we worked together on a few things in the past. Okay. okay. And um yeah, this time uh, my actual supervisor slash boss, we've known each other for a long time and we work together really well. So mm -hmm. he's always been like, Eugene, don't you want to come on over? Come on over. We're a great team. And he convinced me. And so here I am. Wow, that's Working awesome. Together. Well, congrats. Yeah. Um, so I got to know then. Edward told me you're awesome, but I actually don't know what you do. So <laughs> with, what is it that you do, Eugene? So I do something called motion graphics design. Some people to abbreviate it call it MOMI or for motion media design or MOGRAPH to abbreviate it. So that's what I do. It's a, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but the best way I can explain it usually is you have animation and you have design and you mesh them together and you create magical things. <laughs> okay. So like, okay. Um, I think I need an example. Like I, I can, I can see it maybe in my head, but I feel like I might be making it up. But like, what would be an example of a motion graphic design? So, you know, a motion graphic design graphics designer can really do anything that you can think of that is visual and moving. Okay. So it's it's visual things in movement, right? So it can be anything from a logo animation for a YouTube channel to a full-on commercial for a big TV network. Or or um, this is very common too nowadays, or um, the opening credits sequence for TV shows or movies like 007 okay, or, okay. or Game of Thrones or Harry Potter. Or yes. They have a bunch of graphics and that is motion graphics. Okay, but mm -hmm. it's different than like um, my child's TV show. Like it's yeah, not no. animation, <laughs> right? Right. That would be considered traditional animation. Okay. Or children, yeah, cartoons. That okay. Would be traditional animation, motion graphics is more. It's it's heavily design based. Okay. You have to be good at design. And so, um, because you're specialized in that, so like a graphic designer doesn't necessarily know how to do those things that you're saying, like that you do. They could, because I think I think mo motion media, motion graphics is very much um, linked. It, it, to me, it has existed for a while, but it wasn't a formal discipline, like a formal career you could do until fairly recently. Mm. And 
way before it would be maybe related to graphic design and animation both but it wasn't its own thing okay. so it's very connected to the two of those I think graphics graphic designers do are aware of it for example in Colombia motion graphics doesn't exist as a career mm. animation doesn't exist as a career so these are things that you could explore if you study graphic design over there I see I see mm -hmm. okay um so mm, so it's a okay it's a job here because graphic designers don't want to do it or you like say you in particular like you are better at that than actually making the graphic do you get what I'm saying like, do you, like oh well, you okay know, like let's take Edward let's take Edward that. for example okay yes. Edward's son I know he's capable of a lot of things, right? Like he's super gifted, super talented. Um, but he's the only graphic artist I know. So I'm just going to use him. So like, you know, I know that he could do it because he could probably like, because he's so smart. Like I'm sure he could figure it out. Mm -hmm. But then he doesn't, right? So he would hand whatever he designs to you. Is that how it would work? So we actually... Okay, first of all, I do think he can do it. And I actually have uh, stalked a little bit of what he does. Uh -huh. And he has animated a few things here and there. Okay. So I, he could totally learn it and be amazing at it. Uh -huh. um, but for particularly for the company we work for, uh -huh. we we are in two different departments. Because he there's a whole department that is the graphic design department. They do a lot of printer work, editorial um, branding, all of these things that are very exclusive to graphic design. Mm -hmm. And what I do is more in the, in the video production and events production department. So it's more like if, if they, if they're, if a company is having an intern, uh, an internal event, mm -hmm. they need content for all the screens that are going to go on the walls and all these big things and installation things, then I would create design and animate whatever goes on the screens. I see. And I think there will be a time, and hopefully there will be a time where Edward, Edward and I will, will collaborate for it. Uh -huh. So he would design something and then I would animate it. But right now, as things are, I usually design and then animate. And oh, so you do both. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Correct. <laughs> oh. So motion graphic designer has to have those two things. You have to have strong skills in both design and animation because those are the pillars of what you do. I see. But then you also have to be, you're kind of like a jack of all trades and then a master of animation and design. I see. You I have see. to know illustration, photography, videography, because you, for whatever project you have and whatever you want to create, you might have to use all these different things. Mm -hmm. But animation and design are the very base of, of your of your craft I see yeah. okay so <laughs> then could you take me through like a process for you of like um you know a, a client comes and they say they want these things done like how how does that start for you the whole process from beginning to end <laughs> oh it also it depends on the clients but usually what happens is the client has an idea. I think I, I listened to um, the podcast with Edward. Oh, yes. I haven't finished it. But he mentioned something similar where usually the client, unless they have a background in the creative industry, they they know what they want, but they don't know how to articulate mm -hmm. it in, in, 
I guess, in our lingo. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so we have to be really good at interpreting what they're trying to say or, or, or I guess, translating what they're saying into visuals, right? Okay. So a client comes in, they tell us what they want. I usually, with the company, with Brain Trust, Brain Trust Creative, I won't deal with clients directly. There's usually a project manager in between. So the client comes to them, they come to me, they talk to me about the project or what they want. Um, there could be two paths here. The client could be very unaware of what they want and then and trust the company and be like, well, we trust what you do. Do what you do best because we trust you. We trust in you. Just have fun, right? Mm -hmm. And that's great and everything. But also as a creative person, maybe other people can relate to this. When there are no parameters that kind of uh, limit you in a way, it can get a little crazy because then you have no direction, right? So you have clients that have very um, strict guidelines. They have already a visual, a brand um, style guide that you have to follow. And then there are clients that don't have this, right? So you have both the option to be super creative and have everything open to you so you can try everything, which can be chaotic. Yeah. And then you have the option to be creative within certain parameters. I prefer, <laughs> I prefer that. Yeah. <laughs> and you have some guidance and some, you know, it's not, it's not too crazy. So, okay. So they give us a timeline, a budget. And once that, all of that is approved, the first step for me as a motion graphics designer is to design something that I call style frames. Uh -huh. And that is for the client to see maybe one to two different styles, depending, depending on the time that we have. Um, they are still images. They aren't moving or anything. It's okay. just the style that I create, style A and style B, so that they have an idea of what visually it will look like. Mm. And then if we have time, I also create something like um, like a storyboard. So maybe still frames in sequence to kind of show them what would happen along the video. I see. If I do a video. Um, and then once one of those styles is approved, we go ahead and create a first version. And it, this isn't, we could create a rough, I could create a rough animation of, you know, what I'm trying to produce, uh -huh. but I feel like it can be a waste of time sometimes. So I just go ahead and create a version one of whatever I'm producing for the client. Mm -hmm. And they would look at it and comment and, you know, go back. Because usually what we do is we break it all into steps so that you don't, make something and all of a sudden the client goes well this isn't it start from zero mm -hmm. so every step of the way has to be approved mm -hmm. so we create style frames client approves boom you create a storyboard client approves boom mm -hmm. you create a rough animation client approves so every step of the way approval right um then there's the first version they will tell you if they want fixes or anything like that. And then you work on it. And usually there's a little bit of back and forth once or twice, hopefully, and no more than that. <laughs> and then there's a final and you render it and everybody's happy. <laughs> oh, great. That's usually how it goes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if yeah. there is a, if there's no timeline really, like, like, can you get, how long do you think you take to get all of that done? A couple of weeks? Oh, you, that's a very, that's, um, I don't think there's a set timeline for, okay. because projects can be so, so 
diverse and right, just right. in general. So um, sometimes we'll get very small projects and I would have to do something simple like a logo animation. Maybe let's say you want to create a promotional uh, video for your podcast. Okay. So you, you record yourself talking and inviting people to to listen to your podcast right uh-huh. and then you ask me can you make a logo animation for me you already have a logo can you also make a lower third so that when I'm talking people see what my name is and then maybe have um bubbles of text coming up whenever I say something you know so th- that would be a fairly simple project and depending uh-huh. on the length of the video it could be done in a week or two weeks right okay so but if, like if you... I'm sorry to interrupt yes. you interrupt okay but like because I now I'm like kind of understanding more what it is that you do but I'm curious like how is this different than like a video editor okay so video editing which I I don't I've never really done video editing properly like a video editor does it okay but I've had to do it for my work I think as a motion graphics designer you have to do it sometimes that's that's part of what you do so video editing is more about knowing choose for example if you give me raw footage of a movie right an an editor has to choose the right shots put them in the right sequence time them the right way Mm -hmm. make sure the audio the video I mean this is maybe I'm just making it up but this is what I think it is make sure the audio and the video match right right and the color has to be right there has to be color correction involved Uh uh so it's very much about the footage itself okay whereas motion graphics is about adding on to that okay if you wanted to okay if you wanted to sprinkle like fun little magical animated things that would be something I do interesting um like because I just I like you know you see all these things I mean I say this about every career honestly but like you just never think about the the work that goes behind it and who's doing it you know you just enjoy the fruits of it but you don't really get um the investment that's put in but this is so cool because like yes I had no idea that this was even a thing like I just assumed the same people were doing all the same you know what I mean (laughs) you know what I'm saying like you know like exactly what you're saying yeah so okay um oh through you know the process that you just explained to me Mm -hmm. um is do you have like a favorite part of that process or least favorite part even I have two favorite parts okay so the first part would be the planning process usually the planning process for me takes a long time it's probably the part where I pay most attention more attention to everything that I do because if you plan well you can execute smoother when mm. you want to execute right yeah so planning includes looking at inspiration visual inspiration to design something <laughs> Or looking at animation, motion graphics inspiration to know how you want things to move. And then going ahead and I have a lot of sketches. So go, I always sketch, sketching what each frame is going to look like, like each main frame for an animation, for example. And that to me is a very fun part of the process. This usually more chill for me. I play music and I start designing when I don't have creative luck. And and then the second favorite part for me would be once you see the results and if you've created something you're happy with, if I'm, I'm a bit of a perfectionist, so I'm never happy with what I create, mm-hmm. but I've gotten to a point 
in my life where I look at what I do and I'm like, you know what? This is good enough. It's going to have to do. And that's good for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when you see the results of the hard work and, and when you see that you've created also something, sometimes out of nothing, mm-hmm. it just, of course, you never create something out of nothing, but. No, I know what you mean though. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was nothing in all of a sudden. It's very rewarding. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Man, that's awesome. Um, okay, so how, okay. <laughs> take me back. Take me back. You know, you mentioned already that in Colombia, I don't know if I'm saying right, that um, there's no like job that exists like this. But then, you know, for my listeners, like, why did you bring up Colombia? And, <laughs> oh, okay. and um, if you could take me back to even like, um, like it sounds like you are very artistic, um, but like is that something you grew up grew up? Because me, like the graphic art and design, wouldn't have been an option for me. I'm just not. I'm my. I just that's not my strength. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, yeah, like have you always been creative? Have you always like drawn and sketched? But yeah, could you take me back to as far as you can remember? Ooh, when I was a little girl. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yes no I've always well first of all I want to say I think we all we are all creative in a different way Mm. for example my mom isn't she doesn't draw she doesn't do anything but she cooks and she is so creative with how she puts things together Mm. so I always even when you create spreadsheets there's something so beautiful about being able to to build them yes so well you know (laughs) but anyway so yes I've always been very involved in the in the it just I just I guess all my family all of us I have an older sister and a younger brother we've always been kind of artistic my sister she is an amazing artist even though she doesn't do any of that right now but since she was a little girl she would draw so well and I as a younger sister would do everything she did so I would just draw like she did and I started I started finding my own way I guess I kind of drifted apart from what she was doing then mm. I started doing my own thing but I was always into drawing and I would look at cartoons and I had my whole notebook uh, with a bunch of drawings of Sailor Moon and a bunch oh, I of love it. things yeah. <laughs> and I think I always knew I wanted to do something in art but kind of like what you said you, we just never know what goes behind it all right yeah so in my head I would watch a movie and be like that's what I'm going to do when I grow up. I'm going to go to school to be the person that does these movies, right? Mm-hmm. But I didn't know what went into it. And so for the listeners, I, I am from Colombia, South America. That's where I grew up. So that's why I'm, we're going to talk about Colombia, my country. Yes, yes. Um, it's a beautiful country. Go visit if you can. They have amazing food. Yeah. Not, not as amazing as Korean, though. <laughs> I, I love my Korean food. But yeah, I'm, you get the best of both worlds. This is my husband. Yes. <laughs> um, so... So once I knew what I wanted to do, which was animation as a teenager, I was like, I'm going to be an animator because I want to create these amazing movies like Disney movies and Pixar movies, right? And I realized then that Colombia didn't have any of that. They did, animation was not studied anywhere. Mm -hmm. And we also didn't have any motion media, motion graphics. That's something that has been, has become a career of its own in the last, you know, decade, maybe a little before that. And so at some point, as I started becoming an adult, I knew I had to go to, I had to come here to the United States of America because this is the Mecca 
of the animation industry and mm-hmm. all these cartoons and you know Disney and Pixar. Why not, right? Um, so I started as as a stu- as a graphic design student actually. One a really good school in Colombia is called Universidad Nacional de Colombia, and the graphic design major um, had a little bit of animation and also a little bit of photography, a little bit of illustration. So I kind of, if I wanted to explore the animation side of things, that's the major I had to choose graphic design. I actually really like graphic design, but because I knew I had to, if I wanted to do animation, I wouldn't be able to stick with it. While I was trying to come to the States, I studied graphic design. So then this is, by the way, I don't know why I found the hardest way to make this happen. This is the story <laughs> of my life. I could have done it in such an easy way, but I just made it so hard for myself. I don't know why. I think I just like the struggle, you know? Like, oh yeah, I'm gonna struggle because it's gonna make me better. <laughs> but anyway, so, um, so, okay. So I was studying graphic design. And in the meantime, my sister and I were trying to come here to the States. Okay. And the way we did it is we found this program. It's called Au something. And I, have you heard... Yeah, do I know, you know what an au pair, pair is. is. Yeah. You do? An au pair? An au pair, yes. Yeah, like a, a nanny. Like a nanny. Yes. <laughs> we. I was a babysitter since I can remember. Okay. Uh, I always really loved children, so I had a little bit of experience. Oh, my gosh. And we were like, this is the best way. And the thing is, as a tourist in Colombia, if you wanted to come as a tourist to the States, it's so it's so difficult mm-hmm. because there are a lot of people applying all the time. You have to pay all these fees and they probably they they might tell you no. So we needed a sure way to get a yes. And that was through this kind of programs that, you know, they, they usually sponsor you. So you get a yes right away. So we did that. I came to the States. I was in Virginia and I did a whole year of that thinking, okay, now I need to find a school. You know what? I could have just found a school. I could have, in Colombia, I could have looked for a school <laughs> and done the process from Colombia, but I didn't know I could do that. I thought oh I needed to be in the did. States. I know. <laughs> I'm like, I honestly, I'm so shocked right now because like, <laughs> like, I feel like that would be so challenging. Okay. Yes, yes. Oh, I feel like I'm going to cry. <laughs> I mean, I okay. Honestly, honestly, like okay. Before you say more, because I'm, I'm really, I'm so interested. But like, I can already your personality though. I just feel like you're more free spirited than I am. You know, so it's like I'm sure it was fine. I'm sure it was fine for you. But I'm just thinking about myself in that situation, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> it was, it was hard. I won't lie. It okay. was hard. It was a whole other different culture. Right. Uh, I didn't know anybody. My English wasn't great. The The one thing that helped me with talking English somewhat decently was coming here. Because right. you're forced to talk it, right? right. So, to speak it. Yes. That's, yes. But before that, I was, I was, I couldn't handle a conversation. So you didn't go to like any international school or anything like that? No. Okay, okay. Take English as a second language that is kind of mandatory in all schools, but it's I never, see. it's like taking Spanish here. Right, right, right. Yeah. It's never right. like a... It's it not like full great. on like Im- right. immersion into yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, So no, did your sister so. come too? Yeah, so she was doing the same program, but she was in Tennessee. Oh, no. Yeah. No, but That I is think- so sad. <laughs> I know we wanted to be somewhat close, but it wasn't too bad because we did visit each other. Okay, okay. And then after that, the idea was to then find a school to 
go right to school right after the program ended. Okay, okay. So it was only a year, though. It was only a year. Okay. Okay. Did that. And I found this community college at in Knoxville, Tennessee, which is where my sister was living. So I finished the upper thing, moved to Tennessee and went to this community college that had a link with SCAT, which is SCAT oh. Savannah, at the school I attended. They had some partnership, something. So if you if you go to this community college and you wanted to go for arts, whatever classes you take in this college, they can be immediately transferred to SCAT. Oh, wow. So that's what I did. And I thought it was the best option because I could take all my core classes and not have to pay the insane amount you have to pay when you go to SCAD for these same classes, right? Um, I couldn't transfer my classes from Colombia, by the way, so I had to start from zero. Oh. And that was a, a little bit of a challenge because I had done like three years of graphic design. So, but the knowledge was in me. It's just, you know, I didn't have any. Right, right. Time was felt maybe wasted a little a little bit <laughs> in your heart <laughs> in my heart yes a little bit but I I came to terms with it eventually but yes it, it was um yeah so what I I did I couldn't transfer those credits so I just kind of stuck with it and um the system here is a little different too so that's that was another challenge for me because I had to take classes for example I'm, I'm going a little bit of tangent I'm sorry no it's I not I like it classes. I like it please tell me more I want to know everything is <laughs> really different so yeah. all these math um what were the chemistry biology all these classes that we you have to take here in college these are things that you study when you're in sixth seventh grade so I was restarting all of these things I had already studied when I was a little girl. And that to me was very shocking. It was mm. I was like, I don't need to do this to me. It felt very much like a little a little bit of voice this time, you know, but yeah, yeah. It's okay. I did you it. And everybody else. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we all feel that way. <laughs> yeah, because I was taking, I think, math that was sixth level, sixth grade level math. Oh yeah. In college. Yeah. It was yeah. it was fairly easy though, so it was good to pass those classes. That's good, you know, yeah. Pretty easy. So I transferred to SCAD, and then I had luckily, by the way, shout out to SCAD. I don't know if anybody from SCAD is listening, but SCAD is the only college I found at the time that offered scholarship to international students. Oh, I had, wow. I had no way to pay for school. No way, no way in the world I could have paid for school, afford any sort of school here in the states if it wasn't because SCAD offered scholarship. I mean, you have to have a, a GPA, you have to have a portfolio to apply for a scholarship, but. If you if you put your mind to it, you can make it happen and then get a good amount of scholarships. So wow, that's amazing. That's really helpful. So like, okay, let's rewind just a little bit. Yes, um, yes. So you did this year of au pair in Virginia mm-hmm. and you like learned English. <laughs> I mean, and could- then... And then you went to school, community college, and somehow, like, even, okay, so I mean, even that, I'm so curious, like, how did you even research, you know what I mean, like, to find the, like, how did you know SCAD was a design school that was, like, good and... Oh, you know, this is all, I feel very blessed, because this was through people, friends that I knew. Okay. I totally didn't know about SCAD. I thought it was, like... Oh, whatever. Oh, it's a good school. Huh? But for me, I wanted to go to CalArts because it's is the yes, yes. <laughs> you know, I didn't know about SCAD. And I had a friend who was in the same community college 
and she knew what she wanted to do and she was like Canada is a great school and then she was the one who told me about all these things oh you can apply for scholarship you can go directly from this community college to SCAD and I can- see <gasps> that's a really good friend <laughs> yeah it was a good friend yes she guided me through the process a little bit so I was able to yeah but then also once I reached out to SCAD about it they were very they were very good at uh just kind of informing me of everything letting me know what I needed to do um because their international students community is very big there mm-hmm. so they're aware of oh usually students international students need a lot more attention because we just don't know a lot of things <laughs> mm-hmm. that's awesome that's awesome man way to go scad <laughs> um okay so you eventually transfer to scad Mm-hmm. In do you go to Savannah or are you in Atlanta or I went to Savannah, okay. little savvy town, very cute, also Super very cute. humid, horribly it, humid, horribly, yeah, it's very <laughs> humid. Uh, but it's a gorgeous, beautiful town, and I was working also for a school so that I could uh, support myself. So as an international student, you're not allowed to work outside of school. You, you're not allowed to have a job unless it's in on campus mm-hmm. with the school mm-hmm. and you can only work up to 20 hours or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I had a job with school and I was in the dorms. It was a great experience. I decided to go straight with animation because I didn't know what motion graphics was. Like you, I didn't know it existed. I didn't know this was a thing. Right, right, right. And I remember taking some of the first classes that were where they teach you how softwares work and then you have to create projects based on what you've learned about the software. And I remember all my classmates or and my professors looking at my stuff and being like, you know, you are a motion graphics person. You're not an animation. And because I didn't know what motion graphics was, I was like, no, I'm an animator. Yeah. <laughs> I just I was in denial. <laughs> so I I studied the whole of animation until the very last year. And I realized that I I, I kind of didn't like it. And I think a lot of people can relate to this is yeah. you study a full career to realize that that's not your thing. I think it goes to show how flawed the educational system is nowadays. I mean, just the mm. conventional mainstream educational system yeah. has some big flaws. And that's why a lot of us go through it. And then at the end of it, we're like, that's not that's not what I wanted. <laughs> and that's what happened to me. I got to the last year and I realized that's not what I wanted. And I realized it was motion graphics, which at that point I was like, okay, this is what I want. What can we do about it? Because I knew I couldn't just stop and then start all over. So I said, okay, what I'm going to do is the last year of your career, you have to create a thesis, which is like a short animation you produce. And then it's showcased in a, in a, in a show of short animations for the, for the whole school. And I said, okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and create a thesis animated short thing that is going to be motion graphics and not an animation. And I took a motion graphics intro class and I loved it. (gasps) And I was like, this is it. it. This is what I wanted to do all along because motion graphics has that very strong design base and then very strong animation base as well. And then I had all the background in animation, but really, it really helps to be a good motion graphics designer. I see. Yeah. I love it so much. <laughs> so I didn't graduate. 
I love it too. <laughs> I didn't graduate as a as a mommy person, but but I was able to integrate my background in graphic design and then animation to make it work. Yeah. Oh end. man. So I mean, it's just I feel like if I think about just the journey and everything you've explained, although there are many moments where, you know, even I said and admitted to you, oh, it just seems so like like wasteful, wasteful, you know, but I mean, it sounds like it, none of it was, you know what I mean? Like even your time as a graphic designer in Colombia too, like, you know, you felt like it was still with you and carried, carried throughout your community college days into SCAD, mm -hmm. but without even realizing you know, the impact that it had. And then even the end, I would have felt like that last year of animation, <laughs> like, I've been like, oh my God, what do I do? What do I do? <laughs> I, I did feel like that, yeah. to be honest. Animation is a very unforgiving industry. I mean, I would, I can't even imagine. Like, you know, like I, I've heard things, I have yet to have a, um, that type of animator on the podcast um, yet, but... <laughs> uh yeah I would love that but um I would imagine you know like just getting a foot in the industry when it's there's so awesome. many talented people in this world you know mm -hmm. and um but anyways okay yes no it is it is a very difficult industry to to get into because animation if you think about it it's either a movie or a tv show mm -hmm. and these are things that aren't permanent so what ends up happening a lot of the times is you get into a show, but then it's over. So what do you do? You are unemployed for a while and then you have to look again. Mm -hmm. So that happens a lot. It's a little bit unstable. And I always think whoever is in the industry as an animator, they have to, they love it. They have mm -hmm. to love it and have so much passion for it because it can be so difficult. Wow. wow. Mm -hmm. So your thesis and stuff, like how did that go? oh so terrible when I look at it I'm like did I, how did I make that <laughs> it looks so bad <laughs> but you know oh what the last the very last semester I was in Atlanta and uh -huh. in the the what do you call it I guess my class where I was doing the last piece of my thesis was very small and these are people that maybe don't have the same resources that um, people in Savannah do uh -huh. so I feel like the people in Atlanta at the time were much more limited and also it was a very small group so my project stood out even though <laughs> it was terrible I think because because of that because it was just a very small group I see, people, I see I see which is not the best I'm sure if this was in Savannah it would have been like not not so great <laughs> I don't I don't believe you I doubt it I doubt it, it was, um it was what year were you in school what years were you in savannah i was in savannah from 2011 to 2000 until the end of 2013 okay okay mm -hmm. nice um what was i gonna say okay so you graduate mm -hmm. and then your background is in animation <laughs> and then you took one class Yes. <laughs> right in <laughs> in um motion graphics mm -hmm. um so then what happens <laughs> what happens what do you so do then, wait okay oh but by the way am i um so after you graduate are you an opt or 
Yes, I was going to. Yeah, I was going to. Okay. Yes, OPT is, that, is the work permit that you're given after your student visa. Uh, okay. And typically, I think for most majors, you get a year or so. At the time, I think they made it longer now, but at the time, you would get one year. And because animation is considered a STEM career, uh-huh. I got two years. <gasps> That's and cool. It can be very technical. <laughs> yes. So I got two years. I think now people get three years or something like that. Mm-hmm. But at the time, I got two years. And the thing with the OPT is you have to, they give you, I forgot, but it's one to two months um, of time to find a job. Mm-hmm. If you don't find it, then you have to go back to your country. Mm-hmm. So this was really all about knowing the right people at the right time. Mm-hmm. I was, I had been applying to internships and jobs and things in companies. And before I even got to get a response from all these companies, I was staying with a Korean family at this point. This was, I forget the name of the city, but it was near Atlanta. Um, and the Korean family, the mom, the lady, she was working for a really good suitcase brand somewhere in midtown atlanta something like that i I forgot the name of the brand um but she was working at the store and she got a customer and the customer was buying a suitcase for his wife and he was like oh my wife she owns this amazing creative studio and she always carries her laptop in this really terrible raggedy old bag and i just want to get something nice for her and the the my friend at the time the this girl she was like oh you know I have someone staying with me she's about to graduate she's amazing could you would you consider her to be your intern la 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 and so he gave her a card for me to contact them wow you've and, been surrounded by just really supportive and good yes. people <laughs> that's really amazing I don't know if I would go to bat for my friends like that but <laughs> That's no, awesome. I am sure you have some really good people too. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I do. That's true. A bit of some guardian angels. At yeah. <laughs> and this was certainly one of them for me. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I do acknowledge how privileged I was that mm-hmm. I didn't have to go to an interview or anything like that. I just reached out to them and they were like, yeah, come on over. We had a talk. It was very chill and she needed someone right away. So she's like, you can start anytime. You know, you'll be an intern and then from there, we'll, you know, you can become a full-time designer. And that's what ended up happening. And this is, this is an amazing studio in Atlanta. It's called, I'm going to say that it's called Awesome Incorporated. If people want to look it up, look it up. It's amazing. They have amazing work and they're great people to work with. So that's where I started. I had to do nothing else. That's amazing. Yeah. And I was an animator. I didn't, I was like, how... I'm not a motion graphics designer, but hey, it worked. So the so but the job was for that motion graphics. Well, it was it was for an intern and then transitioned to a motion graphics designer. Holy smokes, that is insane! <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. It was, it was not easy. It was not easy. No, yeah, sure <laughs> but it was, it was a good blessing right there. Yeah, yeah. Um. Okay. So, like, do you feel like in that? that first job that you got right out of college do you feel like you got some foundational like skills in in motion graphics and stuff yep I would say that that first job is where I learned the bulk of what I know oh wow graphics designer that's awesome because 
it's funny to tell everybody if you want to learn something learn it fast and learn it well you execute mm-hmm. you do and when it's high risk like having an actual job and you right. have a big client it's even more so right so it's like learning language, like coming here and speaking English for me that was what forced me I had to do it mm-hmm. so I had to get good at it right it's the same if you are in an environment where you feel forced to do these things you will learn it fast and that's where I learned most of what I know Oh man, yeah. but like not everyone is as brave as you are. <laughs> oh my goodness. I didn't even know I was being brave. I was right. just, I just needed to stay in the US. Yeah, yeah. I get it. I get it, man. Um, okay. Hey, just out of curiosity, uh, what is what is the software that is most commonly used to make these motion graphics? It is After Effects. After Effects. Okay. Yes. Cool. For every motion media person, After Effects is the software. And then you have supporting softwares like uh, Cinema 4D, Photoshop, Illustrator. Yeah. But After Effects is like the mother of all softwares. I see. Uh-huh. Oh, man. Um, okay. And then like, you, how long did you spend at, um, what is, uh, what did you awesome. say? Awesome. Awesome Incorporated. Okay. Awesome Inc. Mm-hmm. Am um, I saying it right? Awesome. Awesome. Is that the right way to say it? How, does it, how do you spell it? Like Awesome. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so I am saying it right. Yeah, you're saying it right. Okay. Yeah. I really. Your English is great, Eugene. I just like <laughs> blows my mind that I like, like my okay. husband. You know, I told you he's from Brazil, right? And honestly, when he first came to the states, I met him his first year of college, and um, he had a thick accent, like. And it was, it was like so interesting because I was like, oh, this accent is not Korean, right? Like, what is this? Like, and, um, I, you know, come to find out he's from Brazil, but he, yes, his English, like if you talk to him now, he sounds, I think he sounds American, but he also got an American girlfriend. So, which was me. And so that's a, a forced situation where he just adapted, but he went to international school. So it's not in Brazil. So it's not like he was learning it for the first time. So mm-hmm. it's like really like, I'm really shocked. That, like, no, that- well, it's, I don't, I don't want to be sound too impressive. I did know basic English, but I no, did. Even <laughs> then, even then though, like it's so crazy to me. But anyways. Thank you. Um, I'm impressed by your husband too because for him to adopt a full American accent. Yeah, he sounds pretty. I think so. I don't know. Maybe you talk to him. And see <laughs> um, man, but that's amazing. So you worked wor- worked there for how long? The first company. So that was for two years. Okay. Two years I worked for them. It was an amazing job. They are really, truly some of the best people I've I've met in the industry. And I still have, I'm still in touch with my boss, the owner of the studio. She's a great, wonderful person. Um, I highly recommend them. And the reason, and then Jeff is, okay, so Jeff is the person that is my boss now at Brain Trust Creative. Um, around this time, around the two-year mark at Awesome, I met Jeff through a common friend. I see. And this common friend was working for, the company that Jeff worked for. I see. So she was like, hey, we sometimes have the need for a motion graphics design person. Do you think you could tackle some of these projects? So I worked with them freelancing for a little bit. And um, I don't know why I quoted that. But yeah, yeah, freelancing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, 
yeah, they were really good people. And at some point they were like, you know what, we need a, a full-time person. Do you think you can, can do this? And I wanted to, I was looking at changing jobs at that time as well, because even though working at the studio was amazing and it was a really wonderful experience, I was very, very tired. Mm-hmm. It was demanding. Mm-hmm. And because the learning curve for me was very steep, because you know I didn't know a lot of these things, I constantly had to overwork myself in order to be up to part to the company standards, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? I need a different pace. I'm going to have to take something that is a little different. And this, even though it was a lot of work, it was, it was somehow a little simpler than the work that I did for this studio. Mm-hmm. So in comparison, the work I did for this studio was very much commercials for TV, commercials for uh, big brands that go, you know, on big screens. And so it's very, uh, th- there's a lot at stake. It's just riskier. Uh, there are a lot of more rules. You have to work really hard. And with this other job, they were more like, you know what? Do your thing. We we know you're good at what you do. Just do your thing. <laughs> and um, even though sometimes I'm like, I don't just want to do my thing. Just tell me what to do, right? But at this point in my life, it was very welcome because I didn't have the opportunity to do this that much. Mm-hmm. To be like, oh, I'll just do whatever I want yeah, and they'll yeah. like it. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was a, it was change of pace. It was a change of team it was it was a good change at the, the moment in time and I worked for this company up until well before COVID because what what happened okay so I worked for this company they did the studio before awesome they did things for for big networks right and commercial work and then this other company that I moved to they did work for um, the events industry yes. so think about the grammys but at a smaller scale yes so i would do content for this this type of oh. event and then before covid i had i realized that i had to go back to colombia because you know your permit my working permit expired all of that you know happened and i well i was going i got my master's and that getting my master's gave me a little bit more time to work so I was oh. able to stay with the company for a good amount of time. And then I went back home waiting for my residency because the company sponsored my residency now. So the green card. Oh. And I had been waiting until now. And I just came back a, a few weeks ago from oh. Colombia to here and started this job, this new job with this company where Jeff is now. Yeah. Oh but they goodness. all know each other. Jeff I and see. the other people. Like they're just, they're all good friends and know each other for a long time oh wow that's really awesome okay so um so what what did you do in Colombia while you were gone (laughs) oh what did I do well during when the when COVID happened when COVID first started Uh I didn't do much so the first year and a half I was just you know home with mama Kim cooking with (laughs) For me, my mom cooks amazing food, so I was very happy about that. So I was spending quality time with my family, my brother, my mom, our dog. And until, yeah, I guess a year and a half into it, then people started traveling again and moving mm-hmm. around. And my sister, my sister is from Spain. She, my sister was born in Spain. So mm-hmm. she, I guess, 
yeah, she's just Spaniard, right? So she lives there right now. And Goodness. as soon as I was able to travel, I visited her. And then I also visited the States. Um, and then I, I just traveled a bit here and there. So I've been traveling uh, from Europe, I guess, I've been traveling within Europe, the US and Latin America a little bit. That's, That's so I mean. nice. And just taking a little break and Yeah, I wasn't I had a I was a freelancer during this time. So mm. I would take on projects here and there, but I made it I was very intentional about not working full-time because I'm the kind of person that I always overwork myself. Mm. Even after the studio job and I came on board, you know, I started to work for the events company. I overworked myself. Nobody asked me to. Mm. I could have said, no, we don't, we cannot do that. I would just say yes to everything yeah. oh, no. and just end up not sleeping for forever. And I think this COVID break for me was about realizing, you know, I have to set boundaries. I have to say no. And one of my things for this rest period for me was to not be a full-time employee for anybody just take on projects that I knew I wanted to do here and there and that's it and I said no to a lot of things so mm -hmm. it was it felt good that's awesome and now I'm back to <laughs> full-time yeah <laughs> <laughs> but it's a little less right like a little less than before oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it got really busy really fast yeah yeah um excuse me so you mentioned that you got your master's. Uh, what is your master's in? It's in something called learning technologies, which uh -huh. I don't know why, why they call it that, but the way I see it is the very theoretical side of user experience. Oh, okay. So we studied a lot of what user, how user experience came to be and the, and the theories behind it and the studies. And it was really cool. I, I've always wanted to get in, to user experience, you uh -huh. user, user experience and user interfaces. So mm -hmm. UX UI. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, not, I'm not sure about getting into UI so much, but more user experience because I think it can be applicable to just anything can right. happen. Especially nowadays, yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's something that I would like to continue to explore if the company also allows me to do that. Wow. Yeah. Um, man. I, this has been so insightful. I feel like there's so many good things that you shared. Um, but I do want to touch back on the job itself. And um, I wanted to ask you, I feel like you already said it, but what do you like most about your job? And what do you like least about your job? Maybe we should do least first and mm -hmm. then end with most. Yes. We <laughs> see. I had a few things. Okay, so the first one I would say is, I think all creative people can relate to this, all, all people that work in the creative industry. And it's when you produce something you're so proud of and it looks amazing and it moves great. And the client comes and it's like, actually scratch that. I don't think we're going to need any of that. Just just something very simple, like, like a one color screen and then one word that's it <laughs> and it's just like it just feels so I feel so sad I'm like no but I put all my heart and soul into this and it's always frustrating and at the same time I've learned to to be like okay you know what this is something because I'm so proud of it I can use it in my personal portfolio without mm -hmm. the brand mm -hmm. and I'll just 
try to create something that the client really loves because at the end of the day, they're paying for this is their money and it's a win-win. And it's usually so you gotta not personal, that. right? It's not like, it's not right. It's not personal. You. Right, right, right. No, that's hard yeah, for you me. I, I take things, everything personally. <laughs> me too. It's been a hard, I have to talk to myself <laughs> very strongly and be like, it is not you. Yeah. Not the problem. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. That's definitely something I would hate the most, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Okay. But what do you like the best? Um, what did I say I like the best? I mean, I earlier to- you said, yeah. I mean, which is, which I think a lot of people, whether it's, you know, being a creative artist or anything like you said you do like you know seeing the invest investment and like people you know being satisfied with what you've created mm-hmm. um, would you like to add to that let me think let me think <laughs> I, I went totally I went blank no it's okay it's all right I sorry to put I, you on the spot no no uh, I know there are more things that I like if you I think like- of it just interrupt me oh there's one part that I haven't mentioned okay I really enjoy anything that is audio with what I create so I usually like it I always ask the clients would you like to have a song for this piece And, and you know if they can afford it they're like yeah sure and what I usually do is I find a good track on a stock place and I edit it so that it fits the length. But I also add uh, sound effects and or I edit it in a funky way. And I really enjoy this. It's wow. one of my favorite things to do. Oh, my goodness. So you're like a producer, too, in that way. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> but I just like chopping it up and oh. creating new sounds with it. And also when you animate things to sound, it it just becomes even more magical. Right. It like gives it life, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. In another life, I would have been some sort of producer if I I could. It's never too late. I know. It's never too late. (laughs) It's never too late. I'll learn it. No, seriously, I, I do. It's in the back of my head. I will learn to do something with music one day. Yeah, I believe it. I know you will. Um, Okay. Uh, so you've lived this very interesting journey up until now. I feel so flattered that you think it's so interesting. No, I think it's fascinating. It's like, <laughs> like wow. Um, uh, I'm sure there have been many challenges like along the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am curious to know, like, and for our listeners too, like, and I feel like I could learn a lot from it too, but like, is there a challenge or obstacle that sticks out to you, like in the last, how, however many years in you like kind of immigrating here to, to the States? Um, yeah. Is there a challenge that sticks out to you or an obstacle? And then I'm, and my next question would be like, okay, then how did you overcome it? Like, how did you get through it? Or did you not get through it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, hopefully I got through some. I I've encountered big um, obstacles. Mm-hmm. I would say one of the, the most recent ones that I realized was that I was holding on to the idea of the American dream for way too long. Mm-hmm. And that alone 
So I've been in the States for maybe 10 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe altogether around 10 years or so. And for most of it, I was just, my goal was to stay in the U.S. Mm -hmm. I have to do what I can to remain here because if I leave, I probably won't be able to come back, right? Mm -hmm. So everything I did was around this goal. And I didn't allow myself to explore, to, to just maybe have more freedom to have, to be happy, to enjoy life or to travel or to do other things, meet people. I was so focused on being the best at what I do so that I could excel and get, you know, excuse me, my residency. Because mm-hmm. um, during the whole process, the immigration process, for a lot of it, you have to prove yourself a lot. Yeah. If you if a company is sponsoring you, in order for them to continue to sponsor you, you have to constantly prove that you are valuable to them. Yeah. So I always felt I have to be the best or else I'm just you're gonna kick me out, you know? So this was a big obstacle. And I and I realized during COVID, actually, COVID, even though it was a terrible thing to happen to the world allowed me to have the space to reflect on all these things that I I didn't allow myself to think about before. And I realized traveling, visiting other cultures, and just getting to know people from all over that right now, everything is so mobile, you know, and we've realized that we can function remotely for a lot of companies, not all of them, but a lot of companies. And so I think I've I've been more in the mindset of, you know what, if I can stay here, that's okay. I'll just be somewhere else and still be happy because there's so much to see out there in the world. Yeah. So so that was an obstacle that I that I overcame yeah, with no, a lot of thinking and traveling. Yeah, I mean, it's what an incredible burden, like that and pressure that was be able to release from from your life. And then I feel like the Eugene I'm talking to today is really at peace with a lot of things. So yeah, that's great. That's really good. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. Of course. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me to share it. Yeah, of course. Um, so we're coming, um, you know, rounding out our hour together. Mm-hmm. And I usually ask all my guests the same question. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any advice for somebody that's maybe listening is like, hey, maybe I want to do motion graphics or any life advice at all? Mm. I would say whatever you want to do, it doesn't matter how old you are. It's like you said, it's never too late and it truly is never too late. Um you don't necessarily need to go through the traditional way of doing things to make it happen. I'm not talking about illegal things. I'm talking about <laughs> unconventional things. <laughs> so, so maybe if you think this is the way I would think before is I'm going to be an animator and to be an animator, I have to go to school, take all these classes, talk to these people, follow this step and this and that. And it isn't, it's not always like that. At the end of the day, what matters is the results. Mm-hmm. So if you want to get into anything, I would say find a way to expose yourself to the actual job, to the actual craft that you want to get into directly. Not just something that you're studying, but something where you can actually execute and be there and be on hands-on, you know? Uh, because that is what will 
teach you the fastest and also allow you to make connections as well. And so, sure, there are a lot of resources. Okay, this is what I would say. You don't have to go to school. It's a great experience. If you if you want the school experience, go for it. And I think it's amazing. I really loved mine. But it's not something you have to do to get good at what you do. Mm. There are plenty of resources online and not online that you can access for free. And you just need, the only thing you need is you and discipline. Yes. And you can make it happen, you know? So I would say that you don't need school, just need the right resources and be be diligent and patient and discipline and get try to find a way to be in the field to, to do things. Yeah, no, I love that so much. And I love that you said that because, well, one, you know, I think as an Asian American here, uh, like uh, there's not much permission, right, to like not go to school <laughs> yeah, exactly I know um, this too no but nowadays you know because I think about my kids right my own kids and I my husband and I talk about it a lot me I'm like more traditional I'm like no they gotta go to school they gotta go to college like but David he's like why like I mean if if they find what they love you know, early and they find a way to make it happen and be like, you know, like, and we help them do that. Like, why do we have to pay for school? <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <laughs> but, but I am realizing and coming to terms with that. Right. It's like, yeah, I mean, and everything you just said, yes, it's true. These days, you don't have to school, go to school, but if you don't have the discipline for yourself to do the things, it's going to be impossible yeah. to do, right? But the fact that you said that is like, I love it because y'all listen to her. You know what <laughs> she's doing, okay? <laughs> A lot of people that do what I do or even just other things like graphic design like Edward, they're self-made. These are yes. people that have just learned it all on their own and and built a portfolio strong enough for people to be like, this is what I want. And the truth is people that are recruiting for, you know, recruiting talent for their companies, mm-hmm. they're not looking at where you went to school. Mm-hmm. They're looking at what, what are you producing? What is your portfolio? Show me your Instagram. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. So then if you are able to build something that honestly fake it fake it mm. a lot of it is faking it you sometimes I create something that looks good and maybe it doesn't move but it looks good so I just put it there mm. and then when a recruiter looks at it they're like oh my gosh that's great work mm. you know, just yeah creating building your own presence is what matters at least in the creative industry I would say for something like medicine you do have to go to school of course <laughs> no yeah but yeah you're resident and all that yeah yeah no of course yeah um so oh, what is like kind of your vibe then as a designer, like style wise? What is my vibe? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, no one has ever asked me. Oh, this. really? Okay. I'll just take a look later. maybe. <laughs> no, but okay. I want to try to define it. Okay. I think I would say I like exploring with colors mm-hmm. and shapes. Okay. I'm not so much about the character. No, actually, I'm also <laughs> I don't know. I kind of like a little bit of it. I like when it comes to motion. Okay, this is what it is. When it comes to motion, 
I like exploring with colors and basic shapes like circles and lines and rectangles. So I like that. And typography. Okay. I don't know if that has a name. Maybe like eclectic? Eclectic with an edge? Okay. So like kind of like sharper, like, you know, like clean looking? Yeah, usually. Okay, yeah, I like that too. (laughs) Yeah, just, just sharp, clean, crisp. With good sound. Nice. And it usually, I would say, the vibe of, of the things that I create that I really like, they sound very, or they sound, what am I saying? I'm a visual person. But they feel like something you can dance to oh, and, and, and be happy. I love and that. And That's you're like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> there's colors and then you move and it's just, it feels like fun. So I would say maybe fun is another good adjective for oh. it. Nice, nice. But I also like cartoons, but I don't like animating them though. Just drawing them. So do you ever like go back to that at all? Like your animation, you know? No. No. <laughs> just just drawing, not animating, animating as a proper 2D or 3D. Okay, okay. It is really truly one of the hardest things to do. No, I I would imagine so. Oh, I did have a oh what do you call that? motion artist no uh, you know like where he animates 2d drawings is that that would be wait but how does it look like like a like a cartoon okay so like you know do you know the movie into the spidey spidey verse can i look it up yeah look it up look it up Oh, I'm gonna get in so much trouble for this. People are gonna yell at me. (laughs) Oh, what was it? Into the Spidey. Uh huh. He is a. I'm gonna just find it real quick. He is a. Where is it? He is a. Oh, 3D character animator. Oh. So now he so he works for like uh League of Legends that company that does League of Legends and stuff like oh uh, um Riot. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But his his thing was like so like for me, like I could not even wrap my head around it. He's a so he's a 3D character animator. Oh my goodness, I have so much respect. Yeah, yeah, me too. I mean, I was like, he was like, he's even telling me how they like, he acts it out, you know, like, oh yeah, the scenes, like, you know, and then he tape films it and then he tries to mimic the move. I was like, that's cool. (laughs) Never thought about that. (laughs) Yeah, you know what they say in animation is be to be a good animator, you have to be a good actor because you have to take reference videos of the oh. movements so you have to be really good at the whole you have to be very good <laughs> we had to do that a lot wow. the first thing you did after you knew what you wanted to do was record yourself acting it <gasps> uh-huh <laughs> oh and if gosh. he's a animator you know what he does is if they have a character um this is gonna i'm gonna get so technical i'm sorry about this but when you build a character you build a model and then there's another person um, one person models the character. One person creates the skeleton for the character. It, that's called a rigger, a okay. rigger for the character, right? So the riggers are you have every joint, 
and you have to move them in every direction. So your acquaintance friend, they have to animate every joint to create all the movements. And oh this my is, gosh, that's it crazy. Is hard. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, hard. no, he did. He simplified a lot of things. So, but anyways. <laughs> Oh man. Well, um, Eugene, thank you again so much for this conversation. I'm so grateful to be educated on this particular career. And, you know, thank you for sharing your life with me. Um, it's been so special, I feel like. It's very special. Thank you for allowing me to share all of this and be my myself. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I hate to put you on the spot again, but would you be open to having conversation with somebody if they reached out and maybe had questions about your job or maybe even your life? Yeah, 100%. I only charge $1 million per ah. month. <laughs> Just so you heard it here, folks. $1 million <laughs> to speak with Eugene. <laughs> um, but um, guys, if you have anything you want to say or um, you have questions for Eugene, feel free to reach out. You can DM me um, through social media and I'll get you connected. Or you can email me at podcastwigu at gmail.com. Um, all right, Eugene. Well, thank you so much again for your time. Um, until next time, guys. Bye. Bye. Take care.